Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Today I'm joined with Dr. Jennifer Blackledge. She's a psychologist in the, I'll just say the Dallas-Fort Worth area. There you go. (laughs) And I've known you for a few years now. And I asked you to come on so we could talk about chronic health and things that come up in our lives and what it means for our practices. So why don't you share a little bit about the practice you have now, and then we'll delve in to your story. Sure. Sure. So I have my private practice as a solo practitioner, and I've kind of shifted over the last mm, about a year into really niching into working with relationship issues, um, individual couples for one and couples um, as a whole. So it's been nice. Um, I keep it kind of small at this point uh, because I'm wanting to branch out and do some other things, which it's nice to be at that point. Um, But uh, yeah, that's kind of where things are at at this moment in time. So before we start recording, Jennifer and I have had a discussion to talk about, you know, we will disclose whatever we feel comfortable disclosing about our own (laughs) stories here, because I think it's something that people don't talk a whole lot about. Um, And recently, you and I were in a Facebook forum thread um, talking about adjusting our lives when things come up, especially when it's with our emotional health or physical health. So let's start at the beginning. When did you start your practice and why? I started my practice uh, part-time back in 08, right after I got my licensure finally done. It seemed like forever. <laughs> Everybody says that. Um, and so I, I started part-time, but I was also working at a college counseling center full-time and then slowly uh, was able to transition that. Um, that was taking up a lot of time, of course, full-time like that. So then I wanted to do more at my private practice, but I still needed a little supplement. So I started working at skilled nursing facilities, kind of more part-time there as well, which left me more time to get the private practice going. And then eventually around about 2011, somewhere right in there is when I went full-time into my private practice. What was that like? It was a dream come true. It was so nice to finally be able to make my own decisions about things, uh, to take off when I wanted to take off and not have to ask or beg from anybody (laughs) (laughs) to take on the clients that I wanted to take on and grow in the ways I wanted to grow and stop doing things in areas that just weren't for me. I, I just it was nice to embrace just who I was, you know, professionally. And of course that feeds over into the personal side as well. So then when did things change for you personally? They actually changed back in 08. So right as I decided that I would do, um, right as I was finishing up licensure, um, I was getting pretty overwhelmed um, at the college counseling center. Just, there was a lot of change going on at that point in time in that, um, kind of place of work. I'm not just at that university, but in general. And so everything was getting pretty stressful and my health kind of took a nosedive right about the same time as all that. So it was time. I was like, Oh wow, I need to go take care of myself better, which private practice was an opportunity to do that. So, 
um, like I said, it took a, a few years in there to really do the full time private practice. Um, but that was, that was the goal. You know, it was like, that's the goal is to get into that so that I can take better care of myself. So what was it like building a private practice when your health is taking those dives? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever had this part of the conversation before. Um, mm. It was um, extremely frustrating and disappointing um, because it would ebb and flow as to how much I could do. And I didn't have, you know, a community to really talk with at that point. I hadn't found any me or any other wonderful places of support just in terms of, of building a practice, let alone, you know, going on the health side of things, uh, complicating it. So it was just, it was kind of overwhelming. And I would question and doubt at times whether I could make it happen and what I needed to do different. It just was, it was kind of a roller coaster, but it had enough moments of of like, wow, this, this is it. I am helping people and it's, and it's good for me. And, um, there were enough of those to keep the hope alive, but it was a challenge to keep that hope consistent and, and like really feel it. Yeah. It, I think I share a lot about my story in different places about how, well, my health diagnoses came when, well, throughout childhood, some of them. And then, um, the more autoimmune stuff happened. I probably, you know, I had it for a good part of my life, but it finally, the puzzle pieces came together when I was in grad school. Um, and I think there was a part of denial. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> of that. Um, and because of that, I pushed like everybody else pushed in a lot of ways when it came to work, whether I was an employee or starting my own business. And I, it took me a long time to pay attention to myself. And that's where that story comes of me sitting in session after Miranda and I are trying to launch our first product with Zinni Me. And I'm sitting in session with a client and I had migraines all day. And then finally the migraine like caused paralysis but I'm in session and I'm, I'm aware that this is, this is a, I'm aware that I'm not having a stroke. I'm like, I know enough about yes. migraines, but I've never had the paralysis happen, but I feel like my face oh. is like drooping, but the room's dark enough that I'm wondering is, and the client is like in tears in, and oh. in it, you know what I mean? So yes. I'm just in my head, like, being present and then bouncing back to, do I, do I need to call 911? <laughs> and you know, that's when it's like, if you don't pay attention, your body in some way is going to make you. I ended up finishing the session. We had like 10 minutes left and then I went to the ER. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, this is not good. <laughs> this is the wake up call. <laughs> But I'd say that even with wake-up calls, every step is a readjustment. Because because I'd like to hear your take on it. As business changes, I have to adjust. And then as my health changes, then I have to adjust the business. And they just kind of go back and forth. And I'm wondering about your experience with that. 
Oh, yes. And I just have to say at the same time as your role as a, a wife or a husband, you know, as your, you know, as your life, you decide you're going to move or you decide, you know, oh, the, you know, the pet all of a sudden has this other health issue that's going on. The rest <laughs> right. of, you know, all the personal life happens that way too. So, you know, there is a con continual adjustment that's happening. I think it's with that adjustment comes a lot of grieving, at least, you know, from talking with people and my own experiences, that adjustment has a grieving aspect to it. Um, and so on the business side, yeah, I mean, I went through and, and continue to have my times of, of stuff just popping up and all of a sudden it's, it's another adjustment and can my health, you know, manage that. So the, the business starts to kind of something shifts. Can my health, you know, handle that at that point? Or yeah, my health starts to kind of something pops up. Can my business, can it, can it deal with that at this point? Or do I have to make another change? And, and with that comes this sense of like some loss and, and struggle of, is this, is this normal? Is there anybody else who's going through this? Can I do this? What's it supposed to look like? Um, so yeah, I've been through a variety of times. I mean, for me, my health diagnoses have shifted over the years. <laughs> I don't even, you know, it's it, chronic fatigue was kind of what it started out seeming like well, I started out with mono and then it went into some mm -hmm. chronic fatigue kind of stuff, adrenal fatigue. And there's just been all different kinds of little labels thrown around and it used to feel good to have a label. And then it was like, well, you know, what does it really matter anyway? <laughs> so, you know, you come through on the other side and it's like figuring out how am I going to make this all, how am I going to make this work? And, and each time I think, oh, I've got my hands on it. Like I've got something here that makes sense. And then it shifts again and it has to evolve again. And I hope that I get a little bit more tolerant of that over time and, and maybe, maybe even a little bit smarter of how to move through that. But it's, it's continually changing. And I think it's, well, in that discussion that we were on online and we were talking mm -hmm. about depression and yeah. Um, like many therapists struggle with their own mental health stuff and it can be chronic too. It's not just physical. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes yes. it's both and it's all connected. And in there, someone was just saying like, how do I, how do I do this? And how do I make these changes when I'm, Nobody wants to be depressed. Nobody no. wants to be uh, labeled with, hey, you've got this random autoimmune condition and really there's not much we can do. You know, no one wants that. But how do you adjust or come to terms? And like you're saying, the grief, but you had also mentioned some other things that have helped you. Do you remember that conversation? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I said, you know, I'm, I made changes in my business. You know, I, I looked at what was going to work for me and, and I, I know it's hard sometimes depending on where you office and what your, your local network in particular is like with other therapists, but it, comparing, you know, that whole, like, you know, you see what other people are doing and often it's the stuff that you hoped you'd be doing as well. And you plan to do, and you had the goal to do, and it's just not, it's not happening. So having to find, you know, your own pace of things, your own, um, just your own structure of what are things going to look like and be, and be okay with that. So for me, I, I moved out of network uh, with insurance because it was stressful trying to manage all of that. So I said, okay, got it, got to go. Um, I changed my schedule around. I've done that a couple of different times, mm -hmm. depending on what I needed. I've tried, <laughs> you have to be okay with experimenting a bit. So I experimented and I tried this or that and found, nope, I can't quite, um, for me, nutrition is real important. And so I couldn't quite get my meals, you know, done when I was doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I did better. So when I was doing 
Monday through Thursday back to back, I just could not make it work. I couldn't make it fly. I was just, by the time I got to Friday and had a day off, I was exhausted. Yeah. So I was like, nope, nope, that's not working. So, you know, I, I maneuvered that around. Um, I've just, yeah, I've, I've looked at each piece of my practice and asked the question of like, does this work for me right now? And, and maybe that will change again when the next kind of evolution comes up, the next adjustment. And, but you know what, it's been, it's been okay. And I will say that I think as therapists too, we get concerned about how that impacts clients. I was very, you know, worried about making all those changes and negatively impacting them. And what I realized is, you know, one, most of them were way more, um, you know, adjustable and, and, and able to manage way more than I thought. It depends on what kind of clients you're seeing. I get that. But, and it's good to think about it, but I was very like nervous, kind of paranoid about it. And I realized they really were pretty able to just kind of make the adjustment. They're like, Oh, okay. Or some needed to go ahead and change to somebody else. And they were okay with that. And then the other part to that was I set a good example of what it was like to make change and to go through that process for them. So a lot of them was very therapeutic really to go through a change process in the moment with them and set that example. It was okay. I taking care of me was okay. I love that because when I raised my fees that I had that same thing happen with my clients, Mm -hmm. they started thinking about like, wait a second, what do I do with my money? And what am, some of them are business owners and they started thinking about like, what, you know, they started evaluating their own fees and, um, yeah, every single one was like, good for you. I did. They, they really, they really, really did. And, yeah. and so many of them, depending again on kind of the clients you work with, but a lot of mine were, were dealing with their own kind of relationship with self struggles mm-hmm. and me putting myself at a higher value, basically not even just, I did up my fees, but, but beyond that, even just of how I was setting my schedule and, and getting clear with some of my policies about how I accept calls and, and just boundaries, all those kinds of things. As I've done that, I see clients that that they'll go, good for you. Like, I'm really like, that is, I wish that I could do that. So it leads to even more conversation about what they're needing and how can they do that? So it can be powerful, not only for your own well-being, but for your clients. Yeah. Um, Okay. So there's this flexibility. There is this sense of experimentation, which I think regardless of your health or we all do, because we're all kind of learning about what works for us. And then as things change, then you, you change, your business can change with you versus when you are in employment, there's less uh, flexibility to your job. Like the expectation still remains. So one of the other things that I noticed too in our group talking about um, depression and physical health and issues is that we don't talk a lot about it in our community. We talk about it in terms of our clients struggling, but we don't talk about it in terms of us struggling. And I'm wondering what you, what your experience has been with that and why you think that is. My experience has been, I brought it up to a few close colleagues, um, probably within about two years of my own kind of health journey. And they were, they were supportive. Um, a couple of them, I think, had, did not have their own experience. So they were, you know, the, the good therapists, so to speak. They were, you know, they were very supportive, but they didn't really know what to say. 
Um, and then I actually happened into another couple of colleagues who were, yes, supportive, but they at least had their own journey um, at some level. And so it was a little different conversation, but they, they seemed kind of uncomfortable with the conversation. Um, so I was very careful at first, you know, just kind of brought up a little bit, put my dip my toe in the water and to kind of see, and it wasn't like they went badly, but people were kind of uncomfortable. But the next time I saw them, not all of them, some of them would ask how I was doing. And depending on, you know, whether they also acknowledge that they had some struggle, I might ask them. And so it's led to some additional conversations, but, but people are a little bit uncomfortable and yet I think they see the need for it. Um, I could not really find anywhere that was talking about this when, you know, especially early on, even now there's just, there's more that are starting to talk more about self care, but mm. not necessarily about, you know, overarching, whether it's, you know, kind of mental health or physical health kind of struggles that impact therapists. Um, and we are somewhat unique professionally, what we do and what therefore how it impacts. So I had, I had a, t- a tough time finding people and, and those, it wasn't like it went badly per se, the people I talked with, but it wasn't like a really great place where I could just, I knew where to go. And here you are struggling with your own, your own stuff. You kind of like to know, Hey, there's this community where there's hope and there's understanding and there's support and lack of judgment. You know, it's all that good stuff that you need in a, your tribe. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's different than self-care? Because I'm not knocking self-care. So no, no. great. But yeah, but tell me more about that nuance. Everybody, so it goes back to everybody, all of us should be doing self-care. But when it comes to that you're having an, an additional stressor and the way that health, chronic health, the kind of stressor that it is, it's a little bit, it's just a little bit different beast. And, and it comes, because of that roller coaster we were talking about and that, that evolution and the adjustment, I think that's a little bit unique too. There are certain other stressors and things that happen that, yes, they happen and they're significant. Um, but when, when you've gotten through them, you're, you're kind of moving on. Like, you know, you know, you've got your traction and away you go until the next whatever happens. So I think self-care is certainly very much needed by everybody but there's a different, slightly different nuance when you add in the uncertainty and the, the, the struggles that go with the chronic no. health stuff. No, I think that's spot on. You know, I've talked to friends that have struggled with depression and when they're out of it, there's this waiting for the shoe to drop. I have the same thing too. Like, well, is today going to be a day where I can move my body with ease or am I going to feel like a truck hit me, <laughs> you know, you don't, you know, you're, you've got your routines, you figure out things to manage, but then there's also this, this anticipatory kind of thing that, that happens that I think yeah. makes it extra special. <laughs> <laughs> extra special, extra unique. I mean, I had that just, you know, just at the end of this weekend that just passed, I, I, my symptoms kind of flared up and, and I knew coming into Monday. So I'm doing primarily Mondays and Wednesdays, like all day long, which works for me right now. But when you come off a weekend that you're not feeling so hot, you wonder, as I went to bed, I thought, well, a lot of times it just kind of passes by the morning, you know, just that good rest for me right now. Typically that's kind of what happens. Oh no, 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 not this time. (laughs) So, so I wake up Monday morning and I'm like, well, cred, like, Thankfully, my eight o'clock had canceled on Sunday. So I was one of those thankful moments of I had a little extra time. But my plan 
had been to get caught up on some things that I was a little behind on, do some other, oh no, no, it was, I had to rest. I had to change, you know, the trajectory. And so you, you just, it, it is, it's, it's unique. It's different than, and, and I never know when that's going to happen. Right. So yeah, you write it out. One, well, I think it's that whole grief thing. Sometimes you get angry about having to adjust. Sometimes you accept it. You know, sometimes you deny it and <laughs> end up with your face paralyzed. I mean, yeah. you know, it's all of those different aspects of, of grief that percolate. One of the things I remember. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started way back, maybe over a year or so, you and I were talking and I was saying to you, you know, I talked to thousands of therapists literally on the phone every year from boot camp interviews to coaching calls to email inquiries. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And even prior to us doing boot camp, we used to do these really kind of intensive assessments and things. And it feels like and I don't have data, <laughs> that there are a lot of therapists that have chronic health conditions. Um, it seems more so than average business owners. And it also seems a lot of autoimmune stuff and things like that. Again, this is just pseudoscience, people. I'm not researching it, but I just have this awareness because I've talked to so many people um, and I think because we don't talk about it, then as coaches or as colleagues, we have this frame of this is how it works. This is how you do it. Um, this is how you build the practice. This is how you see the clients. All these different kinds of frameworks that we never have to reevaluate within some sort of context of, well, that's not my ability. You know, that's not within my ability and can I still be successful? So I, I just noticed, I, I was telling you, I was like, no, this is an issue. It's just yeah. silent, you know? Yes. And many people walk around completely unaware, but Miranda and I have both just have been gobsmacked at the amount of people that we know that we've worked with and interviewed that, that, that are going through, you know, bipolar, depression, anxiety, um, cancer, autoimmune stuff. I mean, just, it just goes on and on and we just are quietly dealing with it while we're trying to be in a community of therapists. It's almost like when we step into our therapist role, we want to be normal. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I want to go and, and professionally, I just want to step into that and, you know, be the normal therapist, you know, and, and, and meet my goals and, and all the expectations. And I don't, I just put that over in the corner and I don't have to think about it here. 
I don't want to, and I, and I don't have to, I just have to, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to be doing today as a therapist. I think that's spot on. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I know many times when I've been going through crap (laughs) my (laughs) life, but when I'm with my client, I'm like all in, I am like there and everything else just kind of takes a back seat for that 50 minutes. And, um, but at the same time, when we don't listen to our bodies or what our minds are telling us, they just get more inflammatory. <laughs> <laughs> they scream louder when all your sessions are over. Exactly. It's, it's very true. I've, I've walked in before and whatever symptoms are kind of going on or, or even, even when just other life stuff's going on. Yeah. I walk into my office. I'm like, Oh gosh, how am I going to do today? And then I get focused on all my clients. And I, t- yeah, I totally invest there. And it's at the end of the day when I'm finally kind of done walking to the car that all of a sudden all those same symptoms come just roaring back. Mm-hmm. And it's, and yeah, because it's not like they were gone during the day. Cause during the day I kind of was like, Oh, well, one, I, maybe I feel better or maybe I don't know what I was thinking this morning. Like maybe I'm just being kind of wussy, like, see, I'm fine. And no, I really wasn't fine. We have an amazing capability, you know, to kind of disassociate from, <laughs> from ourselves sometimes in a way, you know, like uh, to, to be a little bit more cut off in order to survive, in order to take care of what we need to take care of. But I think, you know, what I love about you is how you're saying, no, that's, that's not okay, because then you end up building a business that actually can work against you. I think you and I have had, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it an advantage (laughs) that that we, we never had life before. We never had a practice or a business before a diagnosis. You know what I mean? So I, I can, I can imagine people who had a certain level or way of functioning and then to have that then come up and change versus you know, me, it's always been, I don't know any different really. Um, you know, so. Yeah. And I think, and that's a great example of just, you know, one particular, probably pretty poignant area that, that can be different. All of our journeys, all of these things are just, they're different. Not only what, you know, health kind of struggle I'm facing, um, but what kind of, you know, what kind of clients am I serving? What else is going on in my life? You know, when did that hit? You know, how intense is it right now? There's just all these factors that make each and every journey unique. And so it's great. You know, I, I look forward to increasing this conversation and, and giving hopefully a, a great community for people to come to and find support and hope. At the same time, I'm really cognizant that that community is not about telling you how it's supposed to be not what kind of treatment you need to go get and certainly not how you need to run your business or what you should be doing. It's about that relationship with yourself and, and continuing to allow that to be your guide. So you have your private practice and then you started exploring other things you want to do, which is what a lot of us do. We get one, one plate spinning pretty well. And then we're like, <laughs> okay, let's juggle another plate. How did you decide what was the next step? I've known for a while that there was something about what's happened on my health journey that was going to influence my ability to help others. I just wasn't sure where, when, you know, that was going to happen, but I knew that there's something about my journey that has continually told me that I'm going to be, have the opportunity to serve others. 
and it, therefore it, for it to have some meaning. Um, and, and so slowly along the way, it just became clear. that's like, I, I've also had a desire just to reach out and help therapists because I think what we do is, is so important and, and yet, you know, it's so challenging, so, so difficult. And so it all just slowly, but surely kind of came together. I was like, Oh wow. Like I've wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And Oh, it actually comes together very nicely. So it was like, it's time to start actually serving, you know, helping to empower, you know, therapists who are dealing with chronic health stuff. So how are you doing that? I have developed a project. It's called Thera 365 and it's going to be um, a place where the community will develop over time um, about a safe place to come. And then I'm also going to do one-on-one consulting to start out with and try to give people a place they can come if they need some help with figuring out what their unique path really is. I have to say, so you and I got to meet over the summer at Slow Down School, and we've shared a little bits of our health journey together. And there has there is something super special about knowing somebody else gets it. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> and I that's what I have appreciated about you and why I wanted to share you <laughs> with Aww. everybody. Because I I think a lot of therapists suffer in silence. They go to their doctor's appointments. They see their psychiatrist. They have the pain clinic, whatever that they're going through. And you're, if that's you and you're listening or watching, you aren't alone. And knowing someone like Jennifer who has been there, who has, learned like what it looks like to be a therapist clinically and in an administrative business role as well, who is also managing health issues. It's, it really is refreshing. And I, I haven't had a lot of that, you know, in my life. And you were one of those people that kind of knew and got it. And it was like, oh, I don't really have to say a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. already understood, and it was really lovely. So I'm excited you're doing one-on-ones because sometimes people may feel a little like, "Hmm, group." Well, I don't know, but um, if people, I'm sure, just by listening to this conversation, they get a sense of your heart and who you are. Um, you have a very calming effect. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you're, and you're very practical too. Like, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe this might need to, I need to change that. <laughs> Have you thought about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so how can people learn more about Thera 365 and, and start the conversation with you? They can actually go to Thera365.com. And on there, they can read more about what all is going on there at that point in time. And there's also a place on there where you can do a free consultation with me and learn more about, you know, me. We can have a conversation and also see if it just makes sense for you at that point. Um, And there's also a place on there to just shoot me a quick email and ask a question as well. Um, So that's probably the best place to go to make a connection. Mm -hmm. I love how our stories influence what we do in the world. Hands down, everybody has a story. And from that story comes a way to leave our mark on the earth, you know, and um, our purpose and 
Um, you are a beautiful example of that. So thank you for doing that work. So before we go, what would you like therapists listening or watching to know who may be going through stuff? <laughs> that going through stuff is, it's, it's okay. That it's like that your struggle is not um, in and of itself unique. It is the, the path you're on is unique, but in terms of the big picture of that, it's a struggle is not unique. <laughs> um, and so you're not alone. I think that was the, the biggest, biggest thing for me along the way was feeling alone. And therefore that made it harder for that hope that I mentioned earlier. And so I really want people just to know that, that you're not alone. And therefore there's people who are at the same place as you are. There's people that are further along. There's people that have been in this for a long time and, and you can learn something from all of them along the way. Sometimes it's what you don't want to do and it's not going to work for you, but that's still information. And so not being alone means that there is more out there that's going to guide you and that it's, it's okay. There's hope. Hmm. So I will put your info in the notes, but thank you for sharing your story. And I'm thankful you are a part of my life and a part of Zinni Me. And um, I am really appreciative of you opening up this conversation. And I hope that if anyone is listening or watching, that you will continue the conversation because we need less stigma and we need um, more community around these things. All right. Thank you very much for having me today. I just, you know, it has been such an honor. You, know, you guys have done so much for so many people. And for me, it was one of the first places to figure out about business, yes, but also to talk about this exact conversation we're having. It's one of the, I've had a few of these conversations, but you and I've had you know, so much deeper ones. And so I so appreciate you giving the opportunity to share with you know, your audience that, you know, yeah, that we can have this conversation. And it's, this is a, you know, a, a meaningful topic to be talking about and there's good that can come from that yeah so thank you yeah all right you guys we'll see you next time i hope you love today's episode if you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours low pay and constantly battling burnout don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable profitable solo or group practice head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.